Welcome to another episode of Learning All Around. Last week, I introduced the podcast and posted a guide on what will be coming up in the next few weeks. This episode will cover effective teaching strategies in the classroom, and there will be a special guest. An article written by Anantha Anna Kulmar provides readers with 13 evidence-based strategies that have a real impact on learning. The article includes knowing the students and developing their respect using formative and summative assessment, effective questioning, and providing recognition. Let's break down each of these strategies. It may seem obvious, but it is necessary to know how each person learns best and to take the time to get to know each person. But it truly is the best strategy because if you know what motivates someone and how they learn, you can help teach others how to help that person learn. Formative assessments are informal assessments that take place day to day and access the student's learning. Some examples include classwork and surveys. These assessments are a general way to see who is struggling at the moment. This allows teachers and caregivers to adapt how they teach subjects going forward to better meet the learner's needs. Summative assessment usually takes place at the end of a unit or chapter it can be seen as a type of formative assessment as it is an overall way to see how students progress over time. Some examples of summative assessments include tests, papers, and projects. Let's briefly go over how you should set standards of assessment. So when thinking of assessment, you should think of ways to establish those standards, such as telling the students what they can expect will be on the test, how much the test will count for their grade, and whether their attendance and participation will also impact their overall grade in the class. And lastly, it's really important to keep records of the assessments and evaluations of the students throughout the year, quarter, semester, or unit to make sure you have a general understanding of their overall progression. Our next one is effective questioning, and this involves asking questions such as, are you sure and how do you know? These types of questions keep students engaged and encourage critical thinking along with finding various ways a solution can be made. Lastly, providing recognition can help motivate students because it puts emphasis on effort rather than correctness. Now, in my experience, I started off at public school and I found that being in a classroom with about 28 other students barely provided me with the attention I needed. And it wasn't until I transitioned into private school that I realized I needed accommodations like extra time and being in smaller classrooms that I really found that I could better learn. Hi everyone, uh, I'm uh, Michael Pekarski. Uh, I'm, I'm up here on the show. Uh, thank you for Sarah for letting me on today. Uh, shameless plug, uh, I am uh, a junior at uh, CUA uh, and I uh, host the Pekarski Political Power Hour, the Triple PH. And I also, uh, I, I was in uh, private school throughout my entire uh, high school career and actually my grade school career as well. And what I found, especially comparing it to my, to my friends who went to public school and what they would tell me is basically 
in public school, it was a lot more uh, uh, standardized in their assessments. Uh, the, you know, their, their, their teachers would say, would have, exactly as you were talking about, they would have very defined expectations. At the very least, it, they had, like, it was very defined expectations, but it was, um, you know, the, the, the minus that came with that was that uh, it was very almost, like, factory-oriented, where it was they, they weren't asking, uh, like, like intuitive questions uh, and, and really trying to, they, they were focused mostly on, on the, they had the assessments and they had the regular assessments to measure progress, but uh, there really wasn't the, that personal aspect of, uh, of engaging with the students uh, through like questions, questions and, and things like that. Uh, in, in contrast, I went to private school and what I find is kind of like the inverse uh, was, was what I experienced where um, I also, I, I very greatly appreciated the smaller class sizes to show, and so uh, there was more focus on, uh, on the individuals and there was, I would say, more focus on, on asking questions and more focus on, on, on the individual aspect. But there were not really, you could tell, there were not standardized procedures of, uh, of, of either uh, showing how the weight scale of the assignments uh, or just regular uploading of, uh, of how uh, students did on their assignments uh, to show progress and to show uh, if someone was falling behind or, or, or not. Um, there, there was not, what I found was that uh, compared, compared to my public school friends, there really wasn't that kind of that kind of um, material data that was being produced uh, through like standardized through like standard forms of testing and uh, assessments and homework and those expectations. It was very much across the board. It was very much like a, a scatter shot kind of kind of way with uh, with with, uh, with the staff. Um, I found that in, at the end of the day, again, I found it to be very important and I found it to be very uh, helpful the, uh, at the end of the day, the individual aspect of it and uh, the lower class sizes. And again, also, um, I also have accommodations. So, I mean, that I think those were better addressed uh, through, through private school than what I hear my public school friends do because, again, I hear it's, very, it's, much, it's much more like you are like a cog in a machine almost there because there are so many there are just there, there's so many people to process uh, in that, so I, I obviously understand it, but I, I would say that that would be at least my critique of it. Right, right. I think oftentimes people don't realize that learning is something that needs to be individualized and not something that's standardized. And I think in putting kids through the process of doing those state required standardized tests isn't necessary necessarily a valid way of assessing their learning because like I said in last week's episode um, not everybody learns the same way not every technique works for every person and I think oftentimes it takes longer to get a diagnosis in public school because as you said there's so many people to assess and there's so many standards that as a public school they need to meet and those standards between public and private school differ so much. And I find that typically private schools tend to have a smaller student population and that allows the teachers and everyone involved to assess their needs. 
provide ways to meet those needs and make sure that they're not falling behind on the learning curve in a way that public schools don't have those same resources. Mm. And I also found that, I mean, at least at least in my perspective, I would say that it, while I went to private school, I would say that there would even be a difference between, like, well, I, I went to a Catholic school. There would be a difference between, like, a Catholic school and, like, and like a, like a private charter school, I would say, right. for me. Because I would say that while uh, the public schools sometimes fall into the lines of it's almost like it's like going to a government agency. You know, it has too much state intervention where it's just you're just checking boxes at the end of the day to try and, you know, the students are just you basically have to fill out a form basically because there's so many people to process in a charter school that that would be just a private charter school would most would not really be like organized in any kind of way other than uh just from the principal on down uh i the, i would find that the catholic schools uh, i mean obviously there's some bias here because as 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 a as a person who goes to the catholic college and a catholic high school um i found that there is still a, like the catholic church acts as almost like a regulatory body at the end of the day like they there still is like there is stand there are standards that have to be followed because it's a international institution you know at the end of the day catholic church is an institution so they have to have standards and you know again since they're competing with public schools i'd have to say they, they are incentivized to have higher standards um it went when dealing with uh just just the the student uh, and the individual student um so yeah i found it was actually a pretty good middle ground uh because there is there are still um standards but it's not like overbearing is what I found personally. Right. Let me ask you this. Do you think in any way that if there was a difference in pay, say, you know, public school teachers make less than private school teachers, do you think that in any way impacts their motivation or willingness to help the students and meet the students' needs? Yes, I, I would. I would say that. Uh, I would say that. Obviously, um, public public school uh, and, and and just pe- pe- teacher pay in general. Um, it. I would say it has almost like a, a cascading effect because when you're trying, obviously, you will have people that want to be teachers because you know it's it's the right thing to do. You know, it's it's teacher. You know, they they just they enjoy uh, being a teacher. But at the same time, you're it's going to be much less than if you if it's not economically feasible like in a lot of in a lot of uh, a lot of places their teachers don't make enough to uh they they make like uh under under fifty thousand dollars a year which is like it's like the uh i i don't believe it's that's that's not the poverty line but that's like that it's you're below um just like the median income level uh which means basically you're you're almost like living on sustenance you know you're, you're not able to really live a very 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 uh, 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 I would say, like middle class life. You're not. You're not a middle class. You're not a like, like a very middle class life. You are obviously you, you're living on sustenance at that point. Um, I think that it's very. It would be very discouraging to 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 people that want to teach but they don't want to starve to death. You know, uh, in in a lot of these places. So I would think that that would obviously impact uh, the mot- the the motivation and and just the morale. Uh, of the teachers, which uh, obviously degrades uh, the effectiveness of how they teach. You know, I, it means if you're just trying to survive, survive, uh, survive the day. I, you're obviously you, you have to 
it's, it, it affects how you care about um, your students, which obviously should be the goal. Um, but that's just, that's just um, my thinking on that. Well, what do you think? Right, I think that, you know, being a teacher is something you have to be committed to. I think a lot of people do it, not because of the money, but because they really do want to have an impact on the students. And, you know, they're motivated to try and make the students' world a little better. Because as a teacher, it's your job to protect those students and acknowledge where they may be falling short in the learning curve or even just recognizing something as simple as that student may be lacking something at home that I can help provide them in school. It's your job to protect them, make sure they're learning what they need to be successful in life and almost act like a second parent to them, but also making sure you have that clear boundary where you're not overstepping. But yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, getting the older I get, the more I have an appreciation for like what just just how much teachers just do. Like they really do. They really do. They really do oftentimes act as as almost as, as guardian figures, especially for 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 kids that are you know in some kind of in 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 bad in bad bad means. You know, like uh, how many times have you have you heard stories of teachers taking kids in when you know. Uh, there when when there's violence at home or or or, the, or things like that it's it's almost like almost expected and that's that's a that's a tough ask that's a really tough ask uh to do especially year in year out uh, i mean the, you run into new new kids every day uh, every year and it kind of and i bet it repeats time time and time again depending on who you have so i mean i just the older i get the more i the more i respect i respect teachers and I respect their jobs um, and all that they put up with, it's all in all honesty. It's very, it's very, uh, gives faith in humanity, you know, <laughs> in that. Yes, it most definitely does. I think, well, one negative experience with a teacher may be on your mind for a little while. It tends to be the ones who are really helpful and really kind and really effective in wanting what's best for you, that tends to stick with the students for years and has a great overall impact on their overall learning and their outlook on life. Please feel free to go to Sarah's Teaching Podcast on Instagram and comment what teachers have greatly impacted your life and what strategies have helped you learn. And please feel free to check out Michael's podcast, which will be linked down below. Have a great week and tune in for next week's episode. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Thank you for joining, Michael.